Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Impact. I am your host, Sam Miniguez, the Director of Communications, former said Union High School District. With me is our superintendent, Mr. Peterson, who is here to give us an update on district operations and provide a glimpse into the remainder of the school year and, and possibly we'll get into next school year. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Peterson. Good morning, Sam. Happy to be here. Yeah, good. it is a good morning, uh, but you may be listening to this at uh, another time of the day. Um, so, you know, Mr. Peterson, a lot's happened since you were last on the podcast. Um, athletics have returned. We're well into the second season on a reformatted schedule. Uh, students are back on campus, um, not just on the AB schedule, but also uh, we just started uh, the daily in-person uh, uh, learning with our seniors and hopefully, well, no, not hopefully after spring break, ninth and through 11th graders will be back um, joining them. So as we're doing this transition back to normalcy, um, you look around and you, and you see that once again, uh, MUHSD is, is kind of leading that charge, just like we were for distance learning and the hybrid model when we went into that. I, I wanna know what do you attribute that to us being on that, um, that cutting edge? Well, I, I mean, we just expect that. We, we need to be uh, first. We need to be on the cutting edge um, responsibly with whatever topic we're talking about. And, um, you know, we're not going to wait. Um, we received a very clear message from our uh, school board uh, a couple of weeks ago about the direction uh, we are going. And the message was move this district forward. And uh, that's what we are doing. Uh, we're doing it in a responsible way. We are continuing to follow all of the protocols necessary to keep everyone safe. Um, and I, I wanna say this loud and clear, I am very, very appreciative of both our classified and certificated unions um, working with us to make this happen for students. It, it truly takes everybody um, from the board to the district office, to the site admin, to staff uh, all around the district and the community and parents and students to, you know, make all of this work. And there's got to be a lot of cooperation and understanding and that, yes, everybody has their personal opinion on what we should or shouldn't do. But um, we have, when decisions have been made in this district, uh, uh, and I can say this pretty much across the board for the past year, um, you know, people have followed, um, have helped us lead. It, it has been um, a very cooperative process. And uh, you can't say that about all districts, um, not even in the area and certainly not in the state. So this is a special place. And, um, and, and it's one of the reasons why we can move you know, fast. Uh, it's our it's our job as leaders to listen and hear the concerns and be creative in solving problems and and then move forward. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, and I just want to throw in and and you might be modest, but I think your leadership. Well, I know your leadership has a lot to do with uh, why we are where we are, and a lot of uh, other school districts are are cat playing catch up. Um, so uh, I want to thank you for your leadership and. Um, so you've been to sites since athletics have kicked off and, and I want to ask uh, what it's like to see campuses coming back to life, uh, ironically during spring, the, the season of rebirth, but from your perspective as the leader of this district, what does that feel like? 
Yeah, isn't it kind of symbolic this time of year? Right. Uh, with, with, with the Easter coming up and um, we have all this blooming activity around. Uh, uh, I love the symbolism. And um, yeah, I was at three sites yesterday and uh, you walk onto a campus and you're hearing the trumpet and the drums. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're seeing the foot traffic and you're seeing staff talk to staff outside and six feet apart, of course, but right. uh, all the normal things that um, are, are uh, that we see at school each day are happening. Now, they, they are a lesser extent. You know, we're uh, a little under 60 percent across the board uh, in person. Um, and, and that's okay, you know, the 40% that, that's gonna continue on distance learning um, uh, for the rest of the year, they're going to be taken care of. And our students uh, that are coming back for in-person, um, they are going to get the very best we can give them. And certainly athletics is a huge part of that. And um, again, I wanna take this time to thank all of our county superintendents. And this is kind of another example of, um, pushing and getting things done uh, for our kids. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of different attitudes or different philosophies or opinions um, amongst our county superintendents. Um, we were all of the same mindset um, to, to get going as soon as possible without delay and, um, and do it responsibly all of our athletes, not all of our athletes, our athletes that are required to test each week are getting tested. Um, and uh, we were able to get all of our purple uh, sports off the ground. In fact, most of those have wrapped up and uh, we are moving on to our red tier. Um, and right now uh, football is required to test because we are not yet in the red. That may change uh, next week. By the way, we are going to test next week. Um, and it may be our last testing week for football. And then when we come back, we will be starting with uh, volleyball mm -hmm. and water polo. And those two will be required to uh, test, at least at the beginning. Um, and then, you know, we hope to move into the orange uh, tier by the end of the month. And um, uh, we will then get wrestling and um, basketball and track off the ground. So yep. lots to come. And uh, we're going to be playing well past graduation this year. And uh, that, that's going to be kind of a new, a weird and different thing. Um, you know, but it, it's what we need to do. We're, I think uh, June 16th is our last uh, scheduled game. So we want to, you know, we want to give all we can. And um uh, you know, whether it's band, FFA, or athletics, uh, senior activities, um, we're going to do all we can to uh, create a, uh, a normal, semi-normal um, environment. Yeah, you said new, weird, and different. And I mean, in a whole year of new, weird, and different, uh, you know, why should yeah, sports... Yeah, that could be the theme for the year, huh? Right. Um, so I'm glad you talked about the safety aspect that the measures we're taking to keep our student athletes safe. Um, and you mentioned uh, the 60-40 split, and that was the result of a, a survey we sent out. Uh, did the results of that uh, survey surprise you any of students who were- No, ready? no, I think they were very uh, almost identical um, um, to the fall 
I think it was a, a, a few more. I think we were like 55, 45 in the fall. So um, confidence levels are going up and I expect those numbers to climb uh, as, as we go through the spring uh, with, with students um, wanting to come back. Uh, so we will uh, again, uh, provide the very best education for uh, both. And so for those who did choose distance learning for the remainder of the school year, but then after spring break at some point, they uh, want to come back, like they are feeling confident and vaccines are, are making their way through the community. Um, how can they do so? And, and how do they do that? Well, yeah, let's talk about the vaccines first. Uh, number one, there are some uh, very good studies coming out, uh, I think down to age 14, it might've been 12. Mm -hmm. um, you might have better information on that. I saw 12 too. to 15. Uh, the, yeah. uh, one of the companies is saying, saying that it's which, tested. Which means well. we very well could have everybody covered by August. Um, and certainly, um, our 16 to 18 year olds. Uh, we are working with uh, Dr. Asadi and uh, the county to offer um, um, uh, different clinics. Uh, I know she's going to be offering uh, clinics for our students at her office uh, free of charge. So we encourage uh, all of our students and we encourage all of our staff that might change their mind uh, we believe we have offered all staff that, that want a vaccine, um, have received a vaccine. Um, and then, you know, people are going to change their mind that maybe they didn't, didn't want it or they had some questions or concerns. And as more research and studies uh, come out, they become comfortable with it. And um, we encourage them to, uh, to seek out those opportunities and get that done because the bottom line is um, the more folks we get vaccinated, the um, uh, easier it's going to be for us in the future to, to, to be quote normal. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, plans for the fall. Um, you had mentioned that you don't see us offering an online option unless it's mandated by the state. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, you know, we have actually talked about this prior to the pandemic, um, looking at uh, an online academy, um, a, a, a different experience or different approach uh, for students that, uh, um, that, that might be their niche. Maybe they perform better. I mean, we, we have found that this year, right? I mean, yeah. there are students that have done really, really well. Now, there is a caveat to that. Um, when we did the survey with our, our staff on a number of different questions this, this winter, one of them, uh, one of the questions was around rigor. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, which is, are you teaching your class at the same level online as you would in person? And the answer was no. Right. So, so we, we need to be honest about that question and that conversation about students that are doing really well. Now, that said, there are many students out there that would do well if it was rigorous, as rigorous, right? So, and that's kind of what we're looking at in the future is how do we develop a sustainable online uh, academy that is as rigorous um, as our uh, in-person instruction? 
And we simply cannot get that done um, with the different requirements from the state by August. So, um, you know, we were uh, very honest and, and direct about uh, wanting to do that, um, but um, it, it's not going to be possible this year, but it is something we're going to look at for 2022 um, and um, many different um, barriers we need to overcome um, to make that happen uh, that, that just can't get done in a few months. So the alternative next year, um, uh, you know, will we'll be independent studies. Um, we always have that available for, for students that um, uh, have that need, but it's not going to be a, a choice uh, uh, the way we see things now. Sam, it's going to be um, uh, uh, a normal school year as far as we're concerned. Now, if things change, um, we will have to adapt um, to those changes and we are building uh, those adaptations and that flexibility into the master schedule uh, as sites plan this spring. And um, um, so, you know, we will have options available if we are mandated to do something uh, different, but uh, as of right now, we are planning on a normal 21-22 school year. That's that's great to hear. And in our last meeting, we just came out of, did I hear right? Is that school year start August 11th? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yes, it's a, a very strange year. Um, you know, as far as the, the weeks lining up, it's, it's probably our earliest uh, start in the history of uh, MUHSD. So it's kind of caught right there in the middle. We, we usually start that uh, second Wednesday or so. And right, right. It, it, uh, that's where it lines up this year, so. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so we'll talk more about that as we get closer. Um, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the, um, the online academy. Um, not feasible this, uh, for this coming year, but uh, when we are, when it is um, feasible, we have all the equipment. I mean, that's all ready to go, yeah, so. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, and that that let's talk about that for a second. Sure. Um, you know, we we tried a lot of different methods um, this year. Uh, we have teachers uh, um, using the broadcasting method, um, and and so when we look at kind of the silver lining or what has come out of this pandemic that um, is going to change education, right? Well, I I think our change on or our, our paradigm shift on. Uh, regarding online um, certainly has changed. There's going to be more online offerings. There's going to be more, more of a student-centered approach when it comes to um, you know, how we deliver instruction. Um, so, so I think there's going to be you know, more opportunities. We certainly have uh, uh, the vast majority of our teachers uh, have really trained themselves um, through this experience, um, uh, you know, to, to learn how to deliver uh, quality instruction online. Um, and the broadcast method uh, is, is, I'll give you an example. There are, are uh, we have uh, former nurses at both uh, Buhack Colony and um, and Atwater High School. 
and they can offer a nursing um, certification for uh, through their CTE uh, medical technology program. And um, we can't do that at all the other sites. Mm -hmm. But if a student at Golden Valley really wants that, and there's an, uh, you know, an opening at Atwater High School, they could jump in that class. And, you know, maybe we um, uh, pay teachers a, a little more um, to offer opportunities like that uh, to specialty type classes. Um, so there's going to be more sharing of singleton type classes at different sites um, around the district that um, uh, students can, can uh, jump into. For example, I believe they offer European um, history at El Cap. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're at Livingston, you know, how do you take European history? Um, and so I, I, I really believe we are stronger um, for going through this experience as difficult and as frustrating and, um, you know, all the perseverance all of us have had to show to, to make things work uh, um, through the past year. We're going to be stronger for it. Our programs are going to be stronger. Uh, our instruction is going to be stronger. And I think uh, ultimately the outcomes will be stronger in the future. Oh, wow, that's, that's fascinating, the, just the different uh, opportunities. I mean, there's endless opportunities that you just mentioned yep. um, as far as um, continuing to use broadcasting. Um, and then I also see that, and I'm sure you, you as well, is not even just at the high school level, but um, you know, as with our dual enrollment in our new program with UC Merced, um, you know, utilizing that um, online experience to create even more opportunities with those institutions. Am I right? Yeah, and, that, and that's really exciting. I mean, you're, you're um, the number of students that have been able to access uh, Merced College in, in, in the past, over the past five years has um, doubled and tripled. And um, we have students graduating with AAs in high school. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, what, what better outcome can you have for a high school student than that? I mean, um, being 18 years old and basically having two years of college done. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. I wanted to share some information about the importance of good mental health. Did you know that our school counselors are trained to assist students who may be struggling with this very issue? See, they know that being a teenager can be stressful on its own and the ongoing pandemic hasn't helped. And now that students are returning to school, a new but familiar set of anxieties may reemerge. Some may seek help, but we know that others won't out of embarrassment. MUHSD wants students to know that it's okay to not be okay and that there is help. We all have bad days, even us adults. And sometimes just talking to someone makes you feel better. But for those who might feel uncomfortable getting help at their own school, Merced County offers a youth warm line, which is staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That number is 209-381-6800. Again, that number is 209-381-6800. Now back to the show. Since it came up, the, uh, the recent uh, announcement about uh, the new MAP program uh, with UC Merced, um, joining uh, Merced College and MUHSD in this, um, you know, this 
outreach uh, to that is made specifically tailored for MUHSD students. Um, can you touch on that since it came up? Yeah, that I mean, that's just uh, uh, super exciting. It, you know, it's the other part of the triangle, right? You know, if MUHSD is the bottom of the triangle and you've got Merced College on, on the left side and you've got UC Merced on the right side, and that triangle kind of forms the foundation for students' futures. Now, it doesn't matter if you go to UC Merced, but to be able to have that opportunity, to be able to not stress out right. when you are a junior early in your senior year and you get a, you, you know that you're going to meet the UC Merced requirements and you know that you are accepted there ahead of time, um, you know, maybe you applied to UC Berkeley, you applied to UCLA, and you're waning on that. Um, you know, currently, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I had three students go through high school uh, uh, recently. And my uh, youngest is a freshman at San Diego State. And the stress of waning on those um, uh, acceptance letters is, is, is high. And uh, anything we can do to reduce that stress. And, and then those that want to stay and go to UC Merced, the financial aid yep. packages are just awesome. You know, you can uh, basically with the system and the relationships we've set up in our community, if you live at home through your college um, experience, if you qualify, you pretty much can get it all done for um, uh, very little, if not, you know, 100% free, depending on um, your circumstances. So we really need parents and students to understand how huge that opportunity is. And for that to be delivered only to our students um, says something about the commitment uh, to UC Merced toward our community, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are superintendents, um, you know, from Gustine and Hillmar and all these smaller uh, communities outside of our district that uh, are gonna, going to be clamoring for that. And I'm sure they will um, join that partnership uh, uh, soon. But uh, as soon as people, you know, heard about that, mm -hmm. you know, how do I get in? How do I get in? And, you know, so those conversations are going on right now. And um, I just, I, I think it is fabulous that uh, Chancellor Munoz um, uh, has really reached out and um, made this happen. Yeah. And once again, MUHS uh, leading the way there on, on that front. Um, so that's great to hear. And, you know, UC Merced, it's, it's shooting up the ranks, you know, and every time there's a new poll, uh, UC Merced has just gotten higher and higher as far as just the, you know, it, it get, it's really getting its name out there. Um, so that's, that's an amazing uh, opportunity for our students. Um, and speaking of our seniors, um, you know, there's uh, more and more activities happening on campuses. And they're talking about possibly having uh, senior activities that the last year uh, class of 2020 missed out on. So where are we at with um, hopefully having those uh, senior activities taking places. Yeah, I, you know, I think, um, uh, the, you know, there are three uh, big ones that uh, seniors are are concerned about. And, and, and one is the prom. And um, I, I, I don't think uh, 
well, I know we're not going to be able to offer the, the prom as it has been done traditionally. Mm -hmm. I do think our activities directors have some great ideas uh, in offering a special night um, that might be sort of prom-ish uh, without uh, the dancing. Um, you know, so that's one. Um, our senior awards night uh, uh, is the other. Um, that's looking um, uh, looking bright too. Um, you know, so I, I would assume that can be done uh, being social distanced uh, out in the quad or you know in the stadium, however sites uh, uh, choose to do that. But I know principals are working together to to come up with the plan for that. And then finally, graduation, which uh, at, at our schools, Livingston might be able to get away with one graduation, um, but our other uh, sites that uh, you know, are pushing 1,800 to 2,000 uh, will probably have to do two outside graduations. Uh, capacity in the stadium can be at about 20%. Um, so we'll have to look at that. Uh, tickets obviously will be a little bit more limited for family members, um, but certainly um, everybody will will get two to four, whatever that number ends up being. Um, and it looks right now, if things uh, stay on course, that we'll probably have to have to divide that up into two. Um, and if things improve, who knows? It may be just a traditional graduation with uh, everybody there, social distance on the field, and um, you know only a couple tickets in the, in the stands. And we'll 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 see where we are as we approach May and uh, start to make those decisions. Yeah, well, that, I mean that's just great news. It's it's so good to have just this great news coming uh, after such a, a year of uncertainty and. Um, I did hear I was at Livingston the other day and they said, Oh, it was Golden Valley. They said they may, they probably will do the in person as you just talked about, but also a drive through option for those who are on distance. Sure, now. sure. I think every, every site will have that option. Um, you know, because we know there are, are some students and family members that are still very concerned and we want to honor uh, those students also. All right. So I have one more question for you, but before I get to that, I'm gonna give you time to think about it. I'm gonna ask you about any plans you have for spring break, as you know, it starts this Friday with Good Friday. But before that, and you did thank some uh, members, the staff members, but I wanna give you an opportunity just to, you know, all of this wouldn't have been possible where we're at now without a concerted group effort, you know, from the board to certificated classified. So um, I just want to give you the opportunity just to thank all those uh, different uh, departments, you know, from transportation, nutrition, all the groups that have helped us get to where we are today. Yeah, well, that, that's always hard to do because I guarantee <laughs> you I will leave out someone and I will get the email <laughs> oh, yeah. that, makes that, that makes that clear. But, um, you know, I, I just, I go back in the timeline, right, and, and think back to where we were at this time last year, right? And um, we were uh, all locked down, um, you know, 100%. Everybody was at home. Uh, the, there was only one group that was working, and that was our cafeteria workers. Yep. Every day, making sure that food was available um, to our students. 
And, um, you know, that, that happened uh, pretty much through most of May. And then, you know, we started to bring folks back and, you know, well, if you, if you don't have custodians on campus and you don't have grants and you don't have M&O and, and everybody's away for a couple of weeks or uh, a month or six weeks, depending on the group, well, what happens, right? When you come back, it's, it's like uh, when we take a day off, and um, you, you come back and have to deal with your email, right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about having to deal with uh, the grass or the pruning or the maintenance on the equipment. And, you know, so yes, uh, they were at home, but uh, when they came back, now, now you have to double your efforts to get everything uh, up and running and, and back where it was. And we start to plan for the summer and uh, cabinet and uh, site administrators, principals, you know, I can't even remember how many times we changed course last summer, but it was at least three or four back and forth, depending on what the county, I can remember being in the middle of July Mm -hmm. and not knowing, you know, which way we were going to go and um, having to have a plan for both. And, um, uh, and then we get, you know, back into the year and um, um, we are all uh, distance learning, um, but uh, life's going on on the campus. We have lots of teachers that are back and which means we have to have custodians that are back and uh, M&O and, um, uh, you know, uh, campus liaisons and everything you have to do because you have some staff there and you have some staff uh uh, not at home. And then we, you know, reopen in the fall and we're open for what, six weeks, five weeks or so. And, um, and then, you know, things go uh, crazy and spike up and we, you know, we got to shut it all down pretty much for January. It, you know, the stress of all of that on all of our groups going back and forth, um, it, you know, that's, that's difficult. Nobody likes not knowing. Um, I can remember back in January when we were kind of making decisions on uh, every two weeks or so. And, you know, there, there was a time that came at the end of January and I, I said, okay, this is, this is crazy. We, we can't live like this. And, um, you know, and that's when the, the March decision was made and um, so forth and so on. And then we get the good news with the, the CDC change. And that's one thing I really want to uh, make clear to parents, students, and staff. You know, while the CDC changed their guidance to three feet in the classroom for students, they did not change their guidance outside. Mm-hmm. And they did not change their guidance for adults. So our adults, um, classified, certificated, admin, it is imperative that we all continue to model um, the appropriate behavior and protocols, uh, even as things get better and even as everyone is vaccinated. Um, we, we've got to stay this way. And I point this out because if you look at the, the, the COVID map around the nation, you see little pockets, you know, little purple pockets in South Dakota and Michigan and New York and New Jersey where, you know, it's reemerging because, you know, everybody thought it was, quote, over, and it's not over. 
And um, so, so we still need to uh, be vigilant. We still need to follow the protocols and, and do the things that uh, uh, we are asked to do. And, um, um, and I'm, I'm just appreciative again, that we have a, a willing, um, uh, willing partners out there that, that, that understand that. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, in our district or county, but uh, should it, um, we will deal with it. Um, but back to the thank yous, you know, it, it really just is, is everybody, Sam, from you to getting the communication out and doing things like this, um, uh, to, to all of our staff members doing the very best they can under these tenuous, stressful, and difficult circumstances. Right. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the... Um that we do need to stay vigilant because yeah that that's we don't want to go in the other direction that's for sure okay uh here we go what are your plans sir for this upcoming spring break well um i am going to uh get my tomatoes uh planted in the garden um i i my squash and uh, some more onions and uh i'm gonna do stuff like that i do not uh plan on going very far i will be here for uh, a couple days doing what uh, uh, we need to do to uh, continue to prepare to move forward, um, but don't have any exciting uh, uh, travel plans, just uh, doing the things I like to do at home. Well, that sounds like a very nice, um, a nice getaway anyway for, you know, getting away from the office. And I did hear about your green thumb on the uh, other podcast at Merced High, they're bare to the bone. So um, that's, that's awesome. My wife is most of the time it's green. <laughs> Sometimes it's brown. Right, right. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Peterson, again, for your time and for the update. And uh, thank you, everyone for listening. We hope you have a uh, great spring break and see anything else you want to leave everyone with Mr. Peterson? No, just uh, I hope everybody uh, gets away from their site that can and um, uh, get a restful Easter break. And I wish everyone a wonderful Easter. Thank you. Impact is a production of the MUHSD Communications Department. For more information about the district, visit our webpage at muhsd.org and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our handle is at MercedUHSD. Thanks for listening.